What is up, everyone? This is Alex Lieberman, co-founder and CEO of Morning Brew, coming to you with another episode of The Founder's Journal. Today, not going solo, have my partner in crime, Josh, the human Swiss army knife, back in action. And today we're talking podcasts. Let's hop into it. All right, good to be back. I really enjoyed yesterday's solo podcast. That was fun to listen to this morning. Did, did you think it was good? I, I really liked it. I, I think it really matched your, your sentiment um, after a really long day doing it late at night, reflecting on your own. I think for that, yeah, I, I could tell it sounded like a brutal day. But I, but I think after that, it was nice to hear just from you. And then for a topic like this, where I might be of more help to, to guide the conversation, it's more appropriate for my voice to be here. So. Yeah, especially especially for this topic, your uh, your passion and your domain of expertise. Uh, it is going to be great to have you involved in talking about podcasts. I'm very excited. So the, the tweet that you're referencing or the way that we're talking about podcasting is because somebody said, hey, Austin and Alex are here. You guys are looking to expand your podcast network. I came up with some ideas for you. And then Drew Crawford dropped 10 really good ideas for how we could grow our audio presence. Yeah. Uh, which was so cool that people do that with us. Yeah. I mean, so first of all, huge shout out to Drew Crawford, Drew Croft on Twitter. Um, and this is honestly what I love about what we're building is – you know, to have such a heart loyal audience where people literally take time out of their day and put work into trying to make our company better. Um, and so, as you mentioned, he did a whole tweet storm about 10 ideas for new Morning Brew podcasts. And he followed it up with a tweet about each idea he had. Um, and so, what I was thinking could be a good idea for us is, you know, calling out a few of the ideas that he had mentioned and using them as examples to illustrate some of our ongoing views about podcasting, how we want to have a hand in podcasting and where we think the podcast industry is going. Um, does that sound good? Sounds great. Cool. So what I'm going to start with first is the future of hospitality and travel with Rafat. So the way that Drew uh, described this was a podcast about how will hotels, restaurants, and travel experiences change in a post-COVID-19 world, and who are the people, places, and things we should know about. So I think first things first, a great podcast idea and a great podcast business are very different things. I think that most of the ideas that Drew gave us are great podcast ideas. And specifically for this one, a podcast where Rafat, who is a friend of the brew and has built an incredible business in Skift, can talk to us and to people in industry about what does travel and what does hospitality look like post-COVID, given they've been so majorly affected by this world pandemic. I would listen to that. I would love it. But I think this, this ladders up into bigger views that we have about podcasting. And I think the first view, not specific to podcasting, is that Morning Brew should be playing in the spaces that we have developed core competency and the places where we believe our audience has already showed us directionally that they're very interested. I think the second piece of this is that what we have found from podcasting is, first of all, scaling a podcast is really freaking hard, even if you have a 2.1 million person email list. And also monetizing podcasts is really difficult, especially if you're going after a very specific niche. And so my current thought is, while I think the future of hospitality and travel 
would be a great podcast that honestly, Rafat, if they're not already doing it with Skift, should be doing. I worry that we are slicing down our 2.1 million person audience into a very small group uh, and not unifying our readers around a a deep interest, but that includes more of the audience. Like I, I don't think we're inviting enough people to the party with this Future of Hospitality and Travel podcast. And I also worry that we wouldn't be able to monetize it effectively because at least from my conversations with you, Josh, you you are not necessarily compensated in the same way as you are for newsletters in going niche. Advertisers aren't necessarily going to pay you more for getting in front of the travel or hospitality professional. Um, what do you what do you think about my thoughts? I, I agree completely. Uh, two things that stuck out to me are, are one, are we uniquely fit to do it? Yes or no. But also hedging on partnership. Rafat would be a great person to make that show uniquely fit to succeed. Uh, and then to your point about looking for signals from our audience and saying the interest in travel is not big enough for its own show, for its own episode. Yes. And that's that's exactly why Rafat was on for a business casual episode, which did really, really well. But there's a big difference between a podcast episode and a podcast show. Um, so yes to everything that you're saying. I, I think the biggest point from this is we're going after general business audiences where a lot of people could be welcome to that party. For sure. And so one of the recommendations that I was very interested that Drew brought up and hits on a lot of the things we just spoke about was his actually his first recommendation. And his first recommendation was personal finance for millennials with Grant Sabatier. And I've heard of Grant, but I, I really am not familiar with him. And the way Drew described this episode would be practical advice for earning more, saving more, and investing smarter. This is really interesting to me because I would say if there are two uniques that our audience has showed us and told us through their actions and their words, it is one, that our audience is deeply intellectually curious, cares a lot about their career, and is going to invest in learning in order to be the best version of themselves. The second unique of our audience is they care a lot about money. Not the idea of making a shit ton of money, but everything concerning being smart with your money. And so to me, this is super interesting because it is a deep interest of our audience that doesn't niche down our audience that much. I think if we were to pull our readers and say, on a scale of one to 10, how passionate are you about learning how to better invest uh, or better manage your money? I think the, the number, the percentage of our audience that would give a seven or higher out of our 2.1 million readers versus the percentage of people, if we asked that same question and said, how passionate are you about the travel industry or hospitality industry? The second, I think, would get maybe five to 10%. And the first, I think, would get something closer to 70 to 80%. And so this first podcast- yeah. Okay. I, got a, I got a big question. I'm yeah, gonna cut yeah you what's off. up? Without a doubt, personal finance is a, a content category that I think we can have a very big impact on, as you do as well. And I think almost everybody at Morning Brew yep. sees that throughout our audience. Do you think audio or podcasting is the right entry point for personal finance content? I think it's a great question because I think I was actually going to speak to another example that Drew gave around a copywriting podcast with Neville Medora, who is like the godfather of copywriting. And I was going to bring up a similar point there, which is just because something is a good content idea, that there's two layers. 
is it a good content idea for your audience? And then is it a good content idea for the distribution channel through which you want to storytell that content? And so in that copywriting example, my, my view would be no. I think copywriting is inherently better uh, looked at through the lens of actual text and copywriting. Your question about personal finance is a really good one because the thing I've struggled with for a long time is that people are interested in personal finance, but I think people are situationally interested in personal finance. I think people are interested in personal finance when it is coming up to major life moments and they need to be savvy from a personal finance perspective. So like, I don't think that people listen to a podcast every day talking about budgeting or talking about savings. I think that the adjustment that I, I would make to Drew's podcast is one that's more around the markets and the implications to your money because of what's happening in the markets. So I would actually use occurrences, biggest the biggest occurrences in the business world as the context through which you look through the lens of wealth creation, wealth preservation, and personal finance in general. I think that's a good point. I think using the news as a, an unlimited store for for fresh content and then applying it to the consumer, to the individual is, is where we tend to do best. Um, so I, I like that. I, I don't want this to go too long, but I want to make a point that I think is very interesting in the way that Drew framed a few of his ideas, where for real estate, he goes, how to build a $100 million plus portfolio from zero for commercial real estate compared to D to C everything with web or the future of Canada business. The, the first example could be a, a narrative style podcast where we say, hey, let's make 10 episodes that teach you how to go from zero to 100 million, done. And then that's the end of the podcast. It's evergreen, anybody can find it whenever and find it useful. Versus, here's a really dynamic industry, let's follow the news beat and provide a lot of insight on top of it and conversation and talk to people. Uh, so I think the different type of show is very top of mind when thinking about what we can go into. I, I think you're absolutely right. Like it, it's not just the distribution channel as you were talking about before, like is something better suited to be a podcast, video, text. But I think the other thing is what is what is the format of the show? And one thing that that we haven't talked about before that I think is interesting to think about is one of the biggest things that podcast creators continuously complain about is discoverability. It is notoriously impossible to find shows. And I think it actually just brings up a question of, say we were to make this commercial real estate podcast, how to build a $100 million portfolio from zero. And it was a series of 10 episodes talking through all of the steps it takes in order to get from zero to 100 million. One of the things that you are prevented from being able to do in podcast format that you can do in normal digital media format is the power of SEO and searchability. You are depending with this narrative style podcast for it to spread through word of mouth or through relationships with platforms like Spotify or Apple to promote this. But you can't depend on kind of the long tail of your podcast where people search commercial real estate and then find your serialized 10 episode uh, pod on getting from zero to a hundred million because we can't depend on the searchability of podcasts. So I think it's actually interesting to think about what what don't you get out of evergreen content with podcasting that you do get out of other more mature forms of media. Let's cut it off. But I have one last question about about the experience of saying, "Hey, a reader reached out to you yeah. and said, hey, I got a bunch of ideas.'" 
just, you know, this has been happening for many different parts of the business to you for a while now. Uh, you started to talk about it at the beginning, but I'm curious to hear more about what you think about like how that's evolved over time, whether they're good ideas, bad ideas, wanted ideas, unwanted ideas. Just tell me more. Well, so first of all, the ideas are always wanted. Like I would every single day of the week take a reader reaching out to us with a piece of feedback or a recommendation that then I the onus is on me to suss through that feedback and put it through my mental filter to think about what is what do I believe is valuable feedback, what do I believe is actionable feedback, what isn't valuable or actionable feedback. I would way rather that scenario than silence in the, the social channels, no one ever calling out Morning Brew, no one ever giving us ideas. It is such a a privilege and an opportunity when your audience cares enough about you to effectively be market research for the business. Um, and so it, it's such a humbling thing. Yes, it's been happening for a while, but it seems to happen more and more often. Um, it, it, I think the biggest learning is we just can't take it for granted, but we also have to acknowledge that We've put in a ton of work over four years to build an audience and every small touch point that we have with an audience member has large downstream collateral effects, even though you were only helping one person because of his tweet towards us and responding to him, it turned into this podcast. This podcast is going to be repurposed into our views of the podcasting world. It's getting you and I to think deeper about what does podcasting look like at Morning Brew. That would have never happened if we didn't build a great relationship with him um, and give him the motivation to tell us what his views are on what we should do. So it is incredibly humbling. And, you know, just to wrap everything up in a bow on our current views of podcasting, you need to think about does the podcast you're creating lean into your unique abilities, your core competencies as a business? Does it hit on a passion that a large percentage of your audience will be interested in? Are you going to be able to monetize it effectively knowing that monetizing niche podcasts is really freaking hard to do? Think about the downside of creating evergreen and serialized content because you don't have something like SEO with podcasting. And finally, build a heart loyal audience because it pays dividends for years. Your champions become your market research. And I can't thank Drew Crawford enough for bringing his ideas to us about what Morning Brews podcasting world should look like uh, for the foreseeable future. So uh, this has been a lot of fun. And thank you to our readers for just being incredible uh, motivators for this business on a daily basis. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.